Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. All right, ladies, um, we get to have my mom back on the podcast. We had so much great feedback about the Surrendering Your Kids to the Lord episode. I probably got more feedback from uh, that than than anything that we've done before. <laughs> All those noisy sounds are my are my mom, <laughs> if you can hear those in the background. Um, but anyway, my mom's going to be sharing at the February Entourage, and um, I'd asked her to do that. I know for the past couple of months, the Lord's just been doing a, a lot of downloads in her heart on the topic of grave clothes, and that may sound weird, um, but she's going to—we're going to have a little conversation about it, and specifically about taking your grave clothes off. And so, uh, Mom, just right at the outset, what, w- why has your heart been stirred toward this topic of taking your grave clothes off? And in simplicity, what does that mean to take your grave clothes off? Well, you know, when um, Jesus asked Lazarus to come out of the tomb, he said, take his grave clothes off. And I think as Christians, and what I've learned is we all desire to love the Lord and to live an abundant life. And sometimes it's just, uh, even though we have that desire, it seems like it's not as easy. Um, Lord's yoke is easy, so I want to leave works aside of it. But sometimes with our own thinking, we can put on grave clothes, and then we can walk around uh, pretty blinded. It's, and when I think of grave clothes, I think if you think of them on biblical days, that your eyes, your mouth, everything is covered. So I think often we just don't have eyes uh, to see the things of the Lord like we should and ears to hear the things of the Lord like we should. We don't have our heart set, our mind, our will, emotions set, that we can move forward and walk in God's goodness. And sometimes we just get stuck. And I've seen that a lot with people. And so when I think of taking off the grave clothes, I think sometimes it is a process of just uh, taking off one layer or one bandage at a time as we move forward. And I know with some people, we may start out more in a dark spot, and it may take longer. So I don't want people to get discouraged as long as you're on a journey. And I want to give people, I want to help them and understand there's hope and what the Bible has to say about walking in victory and setting your mind on the things of God and having the eyes of God to walk in victory. And I just, she mentioned about Lazarus, and I just wanted to give the biblical account of this. So if you want to do reading on it in your own time, this is from John chapter 11, and I'm skipping straight to the heart of the passage in verse 38. And um, this says, Jesus, once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. 
But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, Lazarus, by this time there will be a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His his hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So that's so such a powerful word, but that is the scripture that mom that mom referenced. And so um, I think that you made a good point that Jesus calls us and gave his life so that we might walk in the freedom and the liberty. The word says in Isaiah that he came to proclaim uh, freedom and liberty to the captives and the prisoners. And so um, I think sometimes we don't realize that we still have grave clothes mm-hmm. on, whether mm-hmm. those are mindsets or um, shackles of trauma or different things. So uh, would you just maybe give some examples mm-hmm. of what it would look like for someone that says, I am a born-again believer. I've invited mm-hmm. Jesus into my heart. Yeah. But now that you're talking about this, I feel like there are some layers of of dead thing, you know, right. death and bondage right. that I'm still carrying. Talk right. through that. Uh, I think— one of the probably the number one um, things that hold people captive is fear, and I think a lot of people are not living an abundant of a life, a full life that God's called them to, because they're hanging on to a fear. And sometimes, uh, you know, we need to ask God to reveal to us, show us, Lord. What is it that's holding me back? Why can I not be all I feel like you want me to be or all that I want to be? I feel like there's something that holds me back. And, you know, you need to pray to the Lord to show it to you. And an example might be a a fear of failure. Uh, You maybe just expect the best of yourself and you want to do so well that if it's an opportunity to do something and you think that you might uh, not do as good a job as you want, you may absolutely not do it at all. So that would be, you know, a fear there. You know, there's fear of people. And I think that's another thing, too, that people uh, need to stop and ask themselves, am I fearing people? Am I fearing what they think? Am I living to please people? Am I being a people pleaser or a God people a pleaser? And if we really uh, just don't stop it and stay in the Word and talk to God, I think it's very easy to have some chains and, and bondages, bond, uh, be in bondage to some things that we really don't even realize is happening. And I think some other ones, you know, some that I think I deal with would be pride. Uh, that's where we're putting ourselves up on the throne and uh, leaning on our under- own understanding and uh, uh, just hanging on to that pride. And pride can show itself in different ways. Sometimes I think it can be uh, not being as kind to other people as it should be. Uh, sometimes pride 
believe it or not, even shows up in uh, being shy. Uh, using shyness actually can be a form of pride. Uh, uh, anytime our focus is on ourself and inward, it's actually on us, and uh, that holds us in bondage. And then there's generational bondage of things that's been uh, passed down to generations that we've simply have learned from other people that really is not God's best for us. And we don't even realize that because we, uh, we were brought up around it, so it's normal for us. So sometimes normal, what we think is normal, is not God's best for us. Um, Something that... I think a good um, metric to use about what are, are am I wearing grave clothes mm-hmm. still? At, when you move on to John chapter twelve, it says that Jesus comes to Bethany, <clears throat> where um, Lazarus lived, and he has dinner mm-hmm. with Lazarus. And so I think when you think about the epitome of the Christian walk, it is to have that type of communion mm-hmm. and fellowship with yes. the Lord. That's the goal, yes. that you're sitting across yes. or next to each other, or in their culture, maybe reclined against one another, right. and you are in um, pure and abiding fellowship. Mm-hmm. So you can see, you can feel, mm-hmm. you can experience. And so to go back to John 11 and that moment where Jesus calls out, a stone is moved away at the command of Jesus and the obedience Mm -hmm. of Martha or someone else. A stone is moved away. Lazarus has to obey the command to come out. Jesus calls him out, and that's step one. That's our response to salvation. Um, That's how I would characterize it for someone listening. Come out of the grave. And then he says, take off those grave clothes. And Mm -hmm. I think um, whatever... Uh, whatever those things are that would keep us from freely dining with Jesus, yes. those yes. are the grave clothes. I That's agree. what we're talking about. I agree. Yes, and yes. Um, and so, mom, just talk. And it really, this right. process to use right. a church word, but not confusing. It's sanctification. Right. It's becoming yes, more and it more is. like Jesus, beholding Jesus's face more clearly as the fog or the the wraps or the death yeah. cloths or whatever are removed from your face. So, mom, just talk more about the process. Right, and thank you for saying that. You know, I have written down here, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble. So basically, as a Christian, we can stumble if we really don't see the Lord for what He is. And so how do we have that kind of fellowship? You know, we got to seek Him first. But I love where it says His light dispels the darkness. So it is the light. And what is the light is God. The light is the Word of God. So as we have to seek, uh, put our minds, our heart, our wills, emotions to seek Him, and the more we seek Him through uh, prayer, through Word, through fellowship, through music, more that light dispels the darkness. And sometimes first that light has to show us the darkness because sometimes there is darkness, strongholds are lies that are holding us bondage and they have to be exposed. 
And uh, the Bible says that Satan is a liar, and he comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. So we are workmanship of Christ, and God loves us so much. But Satan is out there bombarding us with lies and accusations continually. So if we do not know the truth, Jesus said, if you know the truth— the truth shall set you free. So we must walk in truth because if we believe lies that other people have spoken to us, maybe even good people, or maybe even in churches we attended, but we have to measure everything to the Word of God, which is truth, for those lies to be exposed so we can walk in truth. I just, I'm thinking about Ephesians 4, and and it says in verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of of your minds. And and so how much how much of the process of of taking off grave clothes, how much of that is um, a mind issue? Yeah, it is all mind issue, you know. Uh, God says, uh, guard your heart because out of your heart is the issues of life. So it's all a mind issue because our heart is our, our, our mind, our soul, our will, our emotions. So it is completely a mind issue. We are to have the mind of Christ. So how are we to have the mind of Christ? First, we have to be born again. And I am speaking to Christians right now. We are born again. Christ lives in us. So how do we have the mind of Christ? You know, it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So then you can prove what the good and acceptable will of God is. So uh, his thoughts must be our thoughts. And, you know, and I like in uh, Colossians uh, where it talks about that setting your mind on things above. uh, And that's what we are to do is to set our mind on things above. So um, that is a hard issue, mind. And um, and again, just <clears throat> we talked in, a, in an earlier podcast about the soul and describing it as mind and will and emotions. So um, the heart and the mind are similar matters in in that way. And I just want to make that connection for mm-hmm. for listeners. Um, so, <clears throat> Mom, I think a, a basic question that I have is how how could someone know? How could a woman know? If she is not walking in the fullness of the Spirit and the newness of life that Christ has offered her, um, how how do you know if you're walking with grave clothes on, so okay. to speak? Well, first of all, uh, Jesus brings peace. He, he gives us hope, you know, love, joy, faith. Further is uh, faith, hope, and love. And, um, and perfect love cast out all fear, and there's, there's no torment. So deep in our soul, we should have peace. So peace is the opposite of fear. God is peace. God is peace. So if we are striving in our, our hearts and we don't seem to be at peace most of the time, and I can say there, we are going to have times where we're not at peace 
because it's a continued battle. It is a battle for the mind because we don't battle flesh and blood. We battle principalities of darkness in high places where Satan continually accuses us. So um, I've sort of lost my train of thought there. But I do want to read. You were uh, reading, or maybe you weren't reading, but uh, I'd just like to go to Ephesians chapter 1, um, and 17 and 19. It says, uh, and two, I want to go back and say this about heart. Heart in the scripture is considered the very center and the core of life. Paul prayed that believers would know, one, the hope of God's calling, two, the riches of God's inheritance, and three, the power of God displayed in Christ's resurrection and exaltation. And it goes on in Ephesians 2, 4, 5, 6 through 10. He says we're saved by grace. God's workmanship to do good works made us alive in Christ. And in Hebrews 4.12, it said he is able to divide the soul, spirit, and, and body. That's how powerful the Word of God is. And, um, and I do want to go back to that when I keep talking about the, the mind is the 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 mind, the will, emotions is the heart, that God uh, is Trinity. God is three persons. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So we are also three beings. We are physical, we are spiritual, and we are so. Our so is our mind, will, emotions. We are so. That is who we are. That's who our personality is. But it can't truly come alive until we're born again. Once we're born again, God's Spirit lives in us. He has made us alive again, so He literally lives in us. So we have to learn to stop the busyness, stop the noise from the outside in, from the voices of people and darkness that comes out of you. So how how do we uh, draw near to God to know, to experience this joy and this peace? And Jesus said he speaks to us in his quiet. First of all, he says his yoke is easy to enter into his rest. And I think we strive. We strive because we have misperceptions that we are to be something someone else is telling us to be, and we feel we can't measure up, or we're, we're, we're walking in um, uh, slavery to something. But when you understand, first of all and foremost, you must understand, you must be able to trust God that God is who He says He is, that His Word is trustworthy, that He's good, that God says, you know, He is a good Father, that His goodness uh, pursues us, that we should give thanks for the goodness He does to the children of man. So it is a mindset. But first and foremost, we must believe He is good. He does what He says He does and be able to trust in Him. Therefore, that can be uh, very much a grave close in the life of someone, a big uh, something they are in bondage to because of faulty thinking. Because sometimes, even in the Christian world, we have been misled sometimes even by our leaders, our teachers, our family members, our preachers. If somewhere in our mind we have conceived that 
I'm not good enough because I can't keep the Ten Commandments. I'm just not a good person. And we feel shame and guilt like we can't measure up or that God's angry at me. And if I mess up, he's going to zap me. He's always angry. He, he's harsh. He's unforgiving. Uh, then we just cannot be all that we need to be. So how do we find rest? We have to believe in His goodness, that He is the Father that loves us unconditionally. Unconditionally, By grace we are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are walking in His love. And as we uh, trust in Him, it builds our faith. And as faith builds, you know, our hope builds. And ultimately, faith, hope, and love, love is the final. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love is the final act. Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. Then the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And on all of this, all the law is written. If you do this, this is life. This is life. And you're just talking about fellowship. Ultimately, that's where that joy comes from. We're like, we get up in the morning like, oh my word, the Lord loves me and he has a plan for my life. And I know how the story ends because I've read it. He tells me to love everybody and to, to walk in forgiveness and to walk in fellowship with other people, not to forsake the fellowship of other people because we need each other and uh, we are the church and the kingdom of heaven is within us and the kingdom of heaven is on earth right now amongst us as we come together and as women we come together in sisterhood and we find our tribe and then we just start thriving and we can step out. Satan wants to isolate us so another big grave clove is isolation as long as you, he can isolate you where you will not engage. You are don't want to step out in faith. You don't want to step out in because of fear. He isolates you. The harder it will be to ever step out of this bondage. He has you where um, he wants you to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, love is the ultimate thing. And how can we love other people with God's love? I can't love people in my own flesh, uh, but I can love God with the Spirit in me. And how do I do that? I have to abide in Him. If, you know, we abide in His love. We have to abide, uh, in, abide his in His love. He is the vine. We are the branches. And we abide in Him and we bear fruit. We don't do it by out there striving. We're just abiding in Him. And when we abide in Him, we grow the fruit, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness. And when you have that fruit, it affects the people around you. So God has called us out into his mission field. What we choose to do with our own life doesn't just affect us. It affects all those people around us. So, And so I guess I want to quickly go back to unforgiveness unfor- because another band-aid, bandage, is unforgiveness. If God said that's like a bitter root, and it just chokes the life out of us. Mm-hmm. All of us have been wronged by someone. We live in a fallen world, and we will be wronged by someone. And if we do not forgive, that will just choke 
the joy and the life out of us. We'll be angry. We'll be depressed. And so, and it takes such a burden off of you when you get to forgive. And I believe strongly that the good Lord loves me. And I read much, much, much in the scripture where he's going to look out for me. And uh, he's going to make my enemies be at peace when he needs to be. And he's going to deal with them when he needs to. He, God loves everybody the same. He wants our enemies to know him. And, and he loves everyone the same. But there is times even where I know the Lord fights my battles. And that brings freedom once again and rest where I don't have to fight my battles. Uh, he fights my battles. And, I, you know, he says to that mountain, you know, with faith as a mustard seed to that mountain, be moved. So we grow in faith and we can speak uh, our mounts to be moved. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I think just in, in thinking about all of this, even the last point of what, what you're saying about, I mean, to have faith to speak to a mountain, you actually have to see the mountain first to know what it is. Right, yeah. um, and, and to have faith, you actually have to have a revelation about God that's bigger than that mountain. So you have to have a capacity to see and behold um, both the mountains of life and, and, and the God of life. And, and so I think just in a, a very practical application, if someone is walking around in, in grave clothes, and this we're just talking about the, the symbolic nature, mm-hmm. like picture right. like a mummy, right. someone all right. wrapped up. And this is, this is what Lazarus um, would have been like. Um, think about it. Every single sense is prohibited. You cannot touch, you cannot taste, you cannot see, you you your hearing would be impaired mm-hmm. because of the way that your your head would be wrapped up. And and so when we when there are things in the natural like senses, um usually things in the natural point towards something in the spiritual. Almost everything that God created in his goodness points to something greater than that in and of itself. And so Mama had said to you, "What you know? What is um, what's a way that uh, that we could assess in our lives, Lord? Is there is there more freedom that needs to occur? Are there grave clothes I'm wearing?" And and I think just as I'm hearing you talk, and I'm thinking of, and the word is stirring in me. A very basic application is. How are your senses spiritually? Right. You talked about the goodness of God, and it makes right. me think about the verse that says, Oh, taste yes, and see that, that the too. Lord is good. Yeah. Do you have clear vision of the Lord's goodness? Do you know it so well that it's a taste, that at the thought of it, just like eating a, um, <clears throat> a chocolate, I love chocolate gravy. Mm-hmm. So thinking about chocolate gravy right now, I'm thinking about it, and I can taste it, and my mm-hmm. mouth can start mm-hmm. to water right. because it's so familiar, and it's such a constant and predictable thing to me on Tuesdays at Durant Station, <laughs> the restaurant moments. But can you taste and mm-hmm. see that the Lord is good? If you cannot, then there is maybe some type of right. appendage there that is right. ke- prohibiting that. So you would ask the Lord, Lord, I trust the safety of you. Remove yes. whatever this barrier is. The same thing of hearing. Do you? Do you, I think in the Book of Revelation it said maybe eight times, and other places in in Scripture where John says, um, you know, to those who have ears to hear, let them let them hear. And Jesus says it throughout his ministry. If you're not hearing the Spirit with that sense, what is that grave closed barrier? And the and it goes on and on and on. There are there are other examples. I'm the Lord. I come beside you. I hold your right hand. Mm-hmm. Can you can you feel the touch of the Lord in your life? So I would just and 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 Mom is going to put 
this into written work. But I think for immediate application, as you're thinking, am I still walking around in bondage? And I think that we go through in life, I think there are moments and seasons where we're Mm -hmm. really free and then we pick stuff back up. We take two steps back and we pick up something we've already taken off. We put it back on and the Lord gently walks us in love again to take those grave clothes off. But just to look at your senses, that tasting, seeing, touching, hearing, and asking, do you have clear revelation of the Lord in all of those ways? And if you don't, begin asking the Lord to reveal to you what is that grave cloth prohibiting that. That's right. Because the Holy Spirit is... He guides us in all truth. So you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So ask the Holy Spirit, what is the truth? And and just be more in tune with yourself, especially when you've got an uneasiness within you. Say, Lord, what is that uneasiness? And say, reveal to me, show me, and, you know, and uh, He will. God uh, loves us, and He wants the best for us, and He will. He will show us what it is. That makes me think. I think that's John 17 that says that, sanctify them according to your truth. And we've said this in a different podcast, but just an easy definition for sanctify, excuse me, is to put something back to its intended use. And so as you're talking about the Lord walks us in love, walks us in truth, and each step that we journey with Him, we become more free and we become um, more lined up with who He made us mm-hmm. to be in every step of, yeah. of freedom. And so yeah. it's we, we talk about when we do hearts at rest and, and anxiety stuff, false self and real yeah. self. Sometimes yeah. you have walked around in death so long um, that you don't even know really who you are mm-hmm. anymore. But in that journey of walking mm-hmm. out, in truth, in sanctification, in love, you become more and more the person that God created you to be. And and, and uh, this morning I was visiting with someone about Genesis 1 and where God had created something and said, as he does in that whole narrative, it is good. And that word good uh, also just means agreeable. It agrees with what his purpose for it was. And I think that mm-hmm. is key in knowing this, mm-hmm. that when God calls us out, he also calls us good. Mm-hmm. And that process of taking off those grave clothes is mm-hmm. us coming into agreement with the word that he has spoken over mm-hmm. us in, in the beginning of creation that we were good and now newly created, newly resurrected in Christ, we are good and we mm-hmm. walk in that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's an exciting topic. Mm-hmm. I think it's a relevant topic. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, how how old are you, Mom? I am 58. You're 58. Mm-hmm. So um, why is this um, something burning in your spirit in this season of your of your life? Uh, you know, probably just because I just, um, I, I hear people struggling so much in this area. And I guess it sort of surprised me uh, how many Christians are sort of uh, stuck. Uh, we can get stuck. And sometimes we're stuck, and I, I haven't talked much about trauma. You know, some of us have been maybe severely abused or just really didn't have uh, the fresh start that a lot of other people have. And uh, so, uh, so a lot of Christians, I feel like, are stuck uh, because they just uh, are so wounded. They're having a hard time putting their step 
they're fit forward. But like I say, if they can learn that God is good and to draw near to Him, to abide in Him, and to to just uh, dwell. And I think that's probably the word I'm looking for. We say abide, dwell in Him, in His presence, believe who He is, draw near to Him, and He will draw near to us. And for some people I know right now, they're their life, they feel like they're in a dark hole, and uh, they've tried crawling themselves out. They, they've heard it all, and uh, so all maybe they can see is just a little bitty light at the end of the tunnel, but the more they take God, He's where I believe He's there, even though, and he, he doesn't, it doesn't feel like it always. I don't let your feelings lead you. Let who God says He is lead you, and you'll find that light will get a little bit brighter and brighter and brighter, and before you know it, you're running in the sunlight, and you're barefooted on the grass. So it's awesome. So I guess I have that desire because I've I've seen so much where people are walking in bondage, and also, you know, God laid this on my heart as Doc was driving. We're coming back from somewhere, going across Roosevelt Bridge, and I was just pondering. Pondering means to meditate, thinking on things of God, and he just laid this on my heart, uh, take off your grave clothes. And uh, so I just, and I thought, well, what does that mean? And sort of like Paige said, I thought, you know, the grave clothes covers our, our sight, our ears, our smell, our taste, everything. And so it is a gradual taking off. You want a God wants to take that off of us. And I think Paige had asked me when I told her I was going to do this, she said, how does that pertain to you? She may not remember that. So that's where I have to ask the Lord, how does that pertain to me? And sometimes we, like I say, no matter, even when we're walking uh, as a mature Christian, there are still areas of our life that we can improve on. We are always seeking to be Christ-like, and I can tell you that I am often not Christ-like. So I have to stop and ask myself, what is it that's keeping me from forgiving or not trusting you in this area? And I actually, you know, inward thinking is a, a selfishness, basically. Get yourself off the throne. I mean, we want to be selfish. We want to put us first. And often, you know, I deal with that is just selfishness. And and as we do grow in Christ, He tells us to for fellowship with one another, not to forsake the fellowshipping of one another, because we actually need each other, too. We cannot be isolated. You know, we've got to get out because we need each other. So sometimes there are things in our own life we cannot see. But if you have a sister or brother in Christ, uh, they can see that. And you have the kind of relationship with them, you should, and they can tell you, hey, I see this in your life. As a wise person, you should receive wise counsel, and you should receive rebuke when it does come. And God is God is so merciful. He will actually use people to show us areas we need to improve in. And I would just note in the narrative of John 11, um, Jesus gives a command to other people to take the grave clothes yeah. off of Lazarus. Lazarus Lazarus was obedient to come out of the tomb uh, at the call, but the Lord used Mm -hmm. other people in that unraveling. And so I think that's important. And I just want to note also, I, I just continue to think about the senses. 
and thinking about how in grave clothes they would be impaired, they would, um, you know, be limited. But Lazarus could hear the call of mm-hmm. of the Lord when he said, Lazarus, come out. And that makes me think about how we, we walk um, we walk by faith, not by sight, but that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word, word of God. Of God. Mm-hmm. And so all Lazarus needed was the Word of God. Yeah. Um, to give him the faith to right. come out. And as you walk by faith, then faith does give expression to the prophetic vision that Proverbs 29 talks about. And so I just want to say, I, I, I feel like someone needs to hear this. You may, that may be the only sense that you have right now in your spiritual life that you can hear the distant cry of the Lord coming for you, mm-hmm. that you know God has not mm-hmm. relented on you. You cannot see His goodness. You cannot taste His goodness, but you can hear Him calling right. your name from a faraway right. place. And you know what? That's a starting place. That's right. Because when you walk toward His voice and you continue to walk toward His voice, He will use His ministers and the obedience mm-hmm. of your faith to strip off those grave clothes until you find yourself dining with Him mm-hmm. more alive than when you went into the That's darkest right. place. That's right. And so I just, that got me really excited. Yeah, but yeah. the Word is powerful it and is. it is alive. And we just took a simple six or seven verses mm-hmm. um, from John 11, basically, and mm-hmm. had this conversation um and so um, I'm sure that we'll be doing more episodes on this. Like I said, Mom's going to be uh, writing some material um, around this topic. Um, but let us know if you've listened to this and this has ministered to you. And But Mom, I'd just like to open up to you for concluding thoughts, encouragement, and if you would just close in prayer. Yeah. And I do thank you, Paige, for um, saying, giving me some closing thoughts because as Paige was saying, speaking, or maybe I said something, and something I, I want to say is mercy. The Lord loves mercy. And um, and when I was thinking about recently, what God has been teaching me here lately is, you know, pride. Uh, I have a lot of pride in my life because as, as a child, God, I just took God at who He was, and I loved Him, and I believed in His Word. And, and I know, and I shared this before, I was blessed that I had a dad that loved me and was consistent. And so it was easy for me to believe who God is and that I also grew up in safety. And I know for a person to heal, they have to feel safe and they have to know they are safe with God, but they have to be safe with other people. So something uh, I've been learning here lately, just quickly through a journey of of being walking in a journey with a friend right now and as she is listening I'll speak of her she she would probably be a little embarrassed but she'd be okay with this but uh that God's really trying to teach me is mercy is because I used to I just used to assume everybody had the same mindset I did about God and it was just as easy for them and so I would not always be merciful I'm like God says this do this then this is the end result. What I have come to learn as I walk in a journey with my friend that it's been such a slow journey for her because she did have a lot of trauma growing up, and she fights um, so hard with uh, being lonely and afraid of being alone that she strives so hard and has been in many 
heartbreaking, broken relationships. And in her mind, she can see what she's doing wrong, how she gets in a hurry because she don't want to be alone. And she loves God. And uh, so I've had to back off and uh, show mercy and love to her and let God take off her grave clothes because she, we've been best friends since the second grade, and I and I just want to uh, grab hold of her with some scissors and really cut uh, those grave clothes off. And I can't. I literally can't because healing comes from the God. People cannot heal other people, and you we can help other people. But and first, also people have to get to that point. And if you have people in your life who don't seem to be moving at all. They have to desire that, and sometimes sometimes people are not there yet, and so you just need to pray that God would give them that desire. And finally, I haven't spoke much, finally, not finally, lastly, I have to say, you know, we overcome by also once the Word of God is in us, we learn to not only hear that word, increase our faith, but we have to speak that word. We, the more we speak the word, the more we hear it again and we believe it. And Revelation says we overcome the accuser by the blood of the Lamb. We've been sanctified. We've been redeemed. So the accuser is angry. Satan is angry. He can never have us. We have been sanct- We have been redeemed. We have been clothed in God's righteousness in beautiful garments. He can never have us. But if He can accuse us and He can put wrap us up in grave clothes and keep us from having abundant life right now and keep us from being all we can be for other people, He will do it. So we overcome Him by uh, salvation and by the word of our testimony as saying, hey, and telling other people, and we'll grow stronger. Now, this is how I overcame. This is what God did for me. And knowing the word of God, you know, when uh, Jesus was tempted by the devil for 40 days, he only de- he didn't sit there and debate Satan. He would just quote Scripture back at him. It is written. It is written. It is written. And that's all we have to do. He's a loser. He's lost. And uh, we have authority, and we have to walk in that authority because we are sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's right. Would you say a prayer? Yes. <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> okay. Father, we, we thank you that you, you're here amongst us. And... Uh, We love you and we thank you uh, for your sacrifice and for your goodness and your love, Father. Can't even comprehend that. And uh, I just pray for anyone hearing this, Father, that if they have a hard time believing that you love them, that you would just melt their heart, that you would just just, uh, draw them near you, Father, draw them to you and give them the capacity to love you and to trust in you and to to feel safe in you. I thank you that you are a refuge, you are a hiding place, you are a shelter, you are a strong tower, you are a rock higher than us, God, and that as we do walk through journey and through life, God, you just uh, shelter us under the shadow of your wings and you protect us and you are very safe and you're very loving. And we thank you for this journey. And uh, thank you, Father, that you live in us, that you're no longer in a temple uh, made by man's hands. Uh, 
that your Holy Spirit, that you, God, dwell in us if we are born again. And we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for that and that your Holy Spirit sets us free and we know the truth and we're able to walk in freedom. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma.